How long gone? An overcast morning in money-making Manhattan. Uh, it's your fearless co-host, Chris Black, coming to you live. Uh, Jason, what's up, bro? Oh, bestie, I don't know what is up. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost potted out. I think I really am going to need this vacay. I mean, I wish I could feel the same way. <laughs> I have just been reading an article about... Uh, how we're just all what are we racing towards you know jason where can i find this article the guardian um and i quote a bigger paycheck i'd rather watch the sunset <laughs> no that's too far an interesting take is this the end of ambition and I, and i have to ask um what and the <laughs> the girl on the uh, is is laying on like a nasty green love seat with a little mangy dog and it says Mauve, a generation zier who has a huge huge almost indignant desire to be happy that's her claim to fame uh okay so she has a huge desire to be happy that should be sort of a base level thing right i guess but i guess she's saying work creates problems for that right all right so all the uh, all the eggs are going in the happiness basket none of them are going in the the work basket or the and i'm not talking about work as in like your salesforce job i mean like what you're doing in the world, how you will be remembered, you know, mm -hmm. other than like, yeah, I remember that chick. She was really fucking happy. Let's write a book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's write a book about her. She died at 95 because she stopped working and luckily she was on the dole and able to get some fresh produce, but she didn't leave much of a legacy. <laughs> she didn't. Yeah. I, you don't leave a legacy. You leave some fancy feast tins. Mm -hmm. I don't really. I don't really understand this, but this is what I, I don't. What's going to happen to Gen Z if none of them work? Does our society crumble? No, because we got the robots, bro. That's right. <laughs> we got Bezos got the robots and they're going to do all the jobs. But I mean, you know, the jobs are only going to be putting my fucking Tom's of Maine in a cardboard box and shipping it to Glendale. Like that's mm -hmm. that's the job. That's the job. Robot going to do it. Are you saying that robots are better than Gen Z? I'm not going to hold you to that. I just want to make sure I'm understanding kind of what you're saying because I would never say something like that obviously because I value human life at such a at such a high regard. Look, better better is a tricky word, Chris. Uh -huh. You know, people are always going to be bad employees. They've always been bad employees since the dawn of time, but they're really bad now. And robot, you know, if if I I'm like um, a 57-year-old oligarch billionaire. Mm -hmm. Robots looking pretty good right about now. I, I agree. I would much rather have a robot. They don't They don't look like a thrift store threw up on them. They don't complain about going to work. <laughs> like, you know, they don't, they don't spend their money on lattes and avocado toast. It seems, <laughs> it seems like it could be a better setup. I mean, I think we need to get... The robots we see in LA kind of roll around the streets. I mm -hmm. think that some of the... Sometimes the navigation isn't that good but that's something i'm sure we're improving oh they're always updating their firmware i saw just yesterday we were <laughs> in in pasadena and we saw one of those robots driving around and there was a, a pedestrian and it, it waited for the pedestrian to walk by it, it yielded and and we were like oh that's a nice a nice robot he's coming along but i think that in the same way that it's easier to have a robot do a job <laughs> than train like a that's a nice robot <laughs> <laughs> that's really a nice robot em employees are tough whatever business it is if you're hiring you know every everyone is is more entitled everyone believes they shouldn't be doing what they're doing mm -hmm. you know they used to say like oh every waiter or server in la they're they're bad because they're just you know they're waiting for their time to be discovered as an actor or an actress so you're, it's going to be bad service that that thing that made la shitty 
whatever 20 years ago is just the world now that's no that's a good point everybody's a ceo on their own instagram account so it's it, it does get confusing like the same way that robots are enough like it's not a human being but like it works technically so it's enough <laughs> also being a fake ceo on instagram for most people is enough and watching a video game version of black pink perform instead of human beings is enough and also they won't fuck up. I mean, that's true. And if they do fuck up, you can just kind of, you know, cut some wires, you know, and you're kind of good to go. And there's not even a murder charge. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's, kinda, that's kind of it. Yeah. You, you know how hard it is to fire a human being in 2022? It's too hard. The it's amount too, of red tape. It's too hard to fire or a human To being. fire a robot, you just don't charge him. <laughs> yeah, you, just, <laughs> you just you just take the Bluetooth you know what? <laughs> and disable it. You know, we're disabling Bluetooth, <laughs> and we're not going to charge you tonight because you were kind of mouthing off today mm-hmm. in the in the all-hands meeting. So we have a little <laughs> bit of a problem on our hands. You will not be booted up for a pizza Fridays, you dumbass robot. <laughs> Have fun with your little friends. We are celebrating a birthday, and guess who's not getting a cupcake? Uh, the um, <laughs> I've noticed there's there's some more Beyonce discourse going on. I just want to make sure you're aware of her using spaz and not apologizing for it. Wait, she said spaz just like Lizzo? That's right, Jason. Do you know the context of it? Was it in lyrics in a song, or was this in an yes, interview? Yeah, yeah. Was, was she in like a, being interviewed in, it, by The Guardian? She says, I really don't fuck with spaz, motherfuckers, or something like that. It wasn't like that. No, 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 no. It was... Uh, no, no, it was a regular musical thing, but I think she she's being pressured. I think she removed it, but she's not apologizing. Okay. That sounds like something that we would do, I guess. It looks like Lizzo took this one. Well, she uh if they're if they're competing over who can say spaz and get away with it the best way, Lizzo <laughs> is taking this. Exactly. One. And that's what that's kind of <laughs> what I base talent on because neither neither of them make music I want to listen to necessarily. So, I think that we need to find other ways to judge our favorite artists, you know? <laughs> Like, let's look past the music. Let's look past the songwriting. Uh, I wish I could, Chris. I mean, it makes you want, like, because Lizzo is not, not, she's not young. You know, she's like, she's in her, you know, she's probably like 34 or something like that. Like, she's, she's not, I'm saying she's not like a 19 year old Gen Z or that's, anything that's like true. that. That's true. That's true. Whereas she, Beyonce is like a full, you know, she's in her 40s. Like, she might have an excuse of being like, oh, I'm setting my ways. I didn't know you can't say that right now. They all have an excuse. They all have an excuse, and this is what they're skirting around, is that they didn't write the song to begin with. So that's what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to get at, is that they're apologizing for lyrics written by Swedish guys in a studio in West Hollywood. Okay. You know, and that's... Right. I mean, unfortunately, they, they are the ones to utter them, so I guess it is their bad. Yeah. I mean, if, if I go to Main Street, Huntington Beach, and start reading Mein Kampf on a loudspeaker... They'll be like, "Hey guys, I didn't write this." No, that's a that's a, that's a good point. But I think it would be cool if Beyonce was like, "Which one of you motherfuckers did this? You're apologizing. I ain't doing this shit." Jay, tell them. No, you're. So, I mean, I feel like if you're singing the song, you should know it. You should know the words. You should be conscious of what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm sure she knows the word, bro. There's there's so many songs. It's like you know, dude, you get lost. She just doesn't know that you can't say spaz. That's all it is. But it's 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 really the label's fault because the song was probably written two and a half years ago. And then they saw mm-hmm. Lizzo getting killed in the headlines and like, maybe we should recut that one mm-hmm. so it doesn't say the word that somebody just got in trouble for saying two weeks ago. They called Beyonce and she's like, no, no, I'm on I'm on the yacht uh, with Barry Diller in Sardinia, so I'm not going to be able to do that. Uh, you guys figure she, it out. She just said, have one of the robots re-record. I ain't <laughs> exactly, doing all that. Exactly. <laughs> Charge don't, you have, don't you have my you are, don't you have my, my name on file and you can just pull, a, pull it up and just... 
use my dark web voice to to recut this one are you saying are you saying be, the beyonce bot wasn't charged for this that's, <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be a problem for me sony music uh we do have a guest today beyonce 3000 powering off nabil Ayers is not a robot uh he is a uh writer uh who his his new memoir my life in the sunshine uh came out in june um it's getting rave reviews uh but he's also the president of uh beggars group mm-hmm. which is a, a a big chris label you know series family of labels uh grimes big thief saint vincent deer hunter uh the breeders the national to, to name a few um mm-hmm. and he also is a record store co-owner or he was before he sold that of seattle's sonic boom which is kind of like a legendary record store all right um, yeah so we're gonna get into that there's a lot to talk about we got to give uh Let's give him a zoom. I'm sure he has a professional in-ear monitor like Shakira's drummer, and we will uh, cover that and so much more after the break. Nabil, thanks for joining us on How Long Gone. Like Jason said, we've, we've caught some of your previous press, and we noticed that you were wearing professional-style uh, custom-molded in-ear headphones. Is that is that what you're doing today, or are we not getting that same treatment? This is not this is not pro. This is just like Amazon amateur oh, in-ears. No. Oh, okay, yeah. so it's a pro-am product. Right, All right, right. good. Because, you know, I always I was going to ask you, because, you know, a lot of musicians um, kind of get a little picture you know, printed on the outside, like Drake had a, famously had a Leah on his right, on his in ears. Our drummers musicians. Our drummers musicians. Drummers get more respect on this podcast than bass players. I would argue that a drummer is not a musician. Ooh, what would you call them, Jason? They're just rhythmic people. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What do you think, Nabil? <laughs> I mean, some drummers are musicians. I don't know. It's it's. I mean. I used to have a slew of drummer jokes, and now I can't remember them. I can do a cute 20 on drummers. But you yourself slap the skins, do you not? I do slap the skins, yeah, so I'm allowed to talk shit. <laughs> exactly. I was just going to, I was going to, I wanted to let people know before you kind of dug your own grave there that you do, right, you right, do, right, thank you. You, you can tune a snare with the best of You're them. You're the one who's making all that racket. As an adult man, um, <laughs> do you have kids? <laughs> no kids, no. But I, I am an adult man. <laughs> okay, no kids. Well, no, I'm just asking because. As a successful, yeah, I mean, you're a you're a C-suite member, you know, you're fifty is the new thirty, Nabil. Published, published <laughs> author, you know, published author, etc. I just, you know, drums are a hard instrument to practice. So, do you have a space that you go to? I hope you didn't get an electronic kit because we know that don't hit the same. This, this is pretty funny. I just got an electronic kit like a couple of weeks ago, but I <laughs> no, okay, so you are fifty. Got it. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's a total. It's a total. Uh, yeah, midlife crisis thing. I mean. I, I played drums my whole life since I was a kid. My my uncle bought me a drum set when I was two, and then okay. when I moved to New York, which is now like fourteen years ago. I don't have a drum set here. I live in an apartment with my wife. Obviously, that doesn't really work. So, um, and I never play. I play like out of out of town when I'm with friends. But uh, yeah, the electronic drums. You you paid the cost. You you earned your stripes. Right. Uh, Tom York is allowed to use his little iPad because he he was really about his shit back in the day. You know. <laughs> That's right. a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, it's like it's like when D- Jason switched to from vinyl to Serato. He felt like he earned it as a DJ. He felt like it was his <laughs> right. time. Right. You know? I mean, that's a lot easier. Yeah, that's like the electronic drums of music. I agree, which is why I don't use Serato anymore. No, no shade to my Serato homies listening right now. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about DJing except from what I hear from Jason. And now 
I understand that it's it's frowned upon to use a laptop of any sort. You're supposed to only show up with USB right. sticks and just be able to go crazy, you know, and, and not need the the crutch of an Apple laptop. It's why I do. It's why I play a fretless bass. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> frets are kind of a crutch to me. Yeah, like I also just got a five string fretless. I don't know if I mentioned that for my fiftieth. He's on his little Les Claypool over here. <laughs> Damn, you guys ever checked out Primus? It's pretty sick. Uh, no, that's um. I like all these. So you're still you're still playing music in your spare time, or is it just practicing to keep the tools sharp? Just, I mean, not even that. Just for fun now and then. I mean, I, I only play real drums out of town with friends twice a year or something like that. Like it's the tools are they're not sharp. They're dull okay. right now. Do you do you use <laughs> it as like tools? Be dull. Is, do you use it as like your your by myself meeting therapy session like i have something inside of me that needs to come out or is it just like i love music i love to play it the latter i love music i love to play it i'll i'll go over and play the electronic drums for like five minutes you know whatever after dinner or sometime and my wife will make fun of me and <laughs> when you go that sounds like <laughs> when daddy goes to the study to to slap the skins are you are we hitting the backwoods or is this uh, of clear mind <laughs> Are in the backwoods? Are you talking about jazz cigarettes? Is that what you mean? <laughs> I am talking about a, a nice. It's a it's a jazz cigarette XL. One could say. No, it's a jazz cigarette XL. That's a good point, Jason. Yeah, it's not it's not a jazz cigarette black, but it's a jazz cigarette XL. Yeah, there's a bass, there's a stand up bass, you know, stuff like that. Right, right. You're, no, it's it's a pretty clean process. I mean, there might be like mezcal or gin involved but no jazz cigarettes mm, okay. okay so you like a smoky flavor i under i understand that i mean I, I think that the use of marijuana to you know encourage creativity is i may be overblown wrong i've just i've never been good at smoking pot it's not my drug I don't, or it's not my thing okay is music your drug was music <laughs> <my> drug? <laughs> It sounds like music is, it is your drug, to be fair. Music I mean, I, is one of the dorkiest drugs you could you could smoke, bro. It's pretty dorky. I mean, I don't know, but but also but but gin and mezcal might be my drug. I mean they're not drugs, but you know. Get a couple mezcal negronis in you, fire up the Yamaha. Oh baby. Mm. <laughs> it's it's over. It is over. Yeah, now we're talking. I feel like <laughs> yeah. J- Jason, I feel like unfortunately music might be my drug. Oh fuck. I, I don't wanna I'm 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 just coming to this realization now. Um, which is unfortunate for everybody here, but I, I we can talk. Safe space. Safe we can space. talk through it at another time. But it's partly Nabil's fault for kind of putting all this great music into the world for aging white guys like myself. So you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who to blame here, bro. If you're responsible for the national, it's your fucking fault. You know what I'm saying? He's he's the yeah yeah. You you've got blood on your hands, bro. I'm not I'm not responsible. For, I mean, the national's responsible for the national. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I've worked with those guys for a long You'll time. You'll take a little look, take a little credit. You know what I mean? They've done well. Look, you know? Nabil, you didn't, yeah, you didn't invent the national. You simply perfected <laughs> exactly, them. Exactly, exactly. You you were the master at the board. Before you exist, I saw a photo of the national. You know how many Grammys they had in their hands? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't right. it wasn't <laughs> plenty. It sure wasn't plenty. After you, oh, who's the doctor they told you to go see? Yeah, you're like you're literally like actually that is true. Now that I think about it, uh, that, <laughs> damn, that is true. That kind of okay. All right. Uh, are you coming to us live from live from New York? Live from Brooklyn, New York, Clinton Hill. Mm, Clinton Hill, interesting. Yeah, what, what's guys- what's the appeal there? The parking? <laughs> what, what? <laughs> that's actually, that's a good one. But, uh, no, we don't have a car. I mean, the appeal is it's close to friends. It's easy to get to the city. It's a nice, quiet. No, right. Is Friends the name of a wine bar, or what is <laughs> what is that? 
close to central perk. <laughs> it's really, it's really. I mean, honestly, Clinton Hill. We like to make fun of it, but it is beautiful. I mean, there's no, there's no. It's, it's truly some like leafy, wide streets type shit. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a Brooklyn movie. Yes, it is. It is. It is a Greta Gerwig film. <laughs> uh, did you do? Did you do Hella Time in Manhattan, or were you always a Brooklyn guy? Only as a kid, as in, in my adult tour of New York, it's all been Brooklyn, Fort Greene, and Brooklyn Heights, and Clinton Hill, which is all kind of in the same area but um yeah that's the same yeah but i was born in manhattan and lived in manhattan a lot when i was much younger way back when manhattan was crazy so are we talking are we talking are you hitting tunnel in middle school or like that kind of vibe or did you leave before then i was kind of back and forth the last time i actually lived here as a kid was when i was 10 in fifth grade we lived in greenwich village and then we moved to salt lake city but i came back every summer so that was a wild several years Ooh, summer in the city i love this this sounds like you're Salt lake to new york We call that a culture shift, um, and I don't yeah. even. You went to Salt Lake every. You summered in in Utah. Is that what you said? No, no, no. I, I lived there. And oh, you lived in Utah and you summered in New York. Summered in summered in Chelsea. Okay, <laughs> oh, okay. That might be. You might be the uh, only person to have ever said the sentence that you just said. I yeah, I just spent most of my time in Utah, and then I would summer in Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Know? You're the you're the only guy that's ever said that. No, because that reminds me. That re- that reminds me when I was like in middle. school school and there'd be kids that would kind of do the same thing but i grew up in orange county and then they'd be like oh someone's visiting from new york you know someone's cousin is staying with them for two weeks right and you would look at them like a like a museum piece to be studied like (laughs) like everything about them is like bro like wh- like where'd you get that belt? How do you talk like that? Hair can be like that. Like, how do you talk like that? Right, that's the thing. And they were and they were, yeah. they were like, wow, why do your oranges taste so good? And the lemons and like <laughs> yes. the sun and all this blonde hair, <laughs> sublime and no doubt. <laughs> where'd you get that? No, where'd you get that sublime hat? No, when you when <laughs> you would come back shit. to Chelsea yeah. after after beasting in Utah, after blowing it down in Provo, yeah. did people look at you like, damn, bro, like, where'd you get that Columbia Mountain Gear coverall? Or <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty good one. I mean, yeah, it was so like Patagonia, REI, <laughs> mm-hmm. whatever. I'm saying, did, were, did Chelsea, yeah. did Chelsea uh, turn, turn their eyes and look at you and be like, who is that? Now, you know, I think what was fun about going to New York is no one in New York gave a fuck about who I was or what I looked like or anything. Like, I, I you know, I don't think mm-hmm. anyone was asking any questions. I think I was just one of the 8 million people doing my thing. Sure. But when I would go to New York and then come back to Salt Lake, yes. that was always yes. like, yeah, where'd you get that t-shirt? What is all mm-hmm. I was going to ask, what were the threads looking like? Because I'm sure you were importing some triple five soul back to Utah. <laughs> you know? not, not, I was <laughs> pretty preppy teenager. I mean, I went to like a big preppy public high school and this is like graduated in 89. So like late eighties, like, you know, whatever ferris bueller all those movies were like my high school movies and so salt lake yeah my world is pretty preppy there and in new york i don't remember getting like any wild clothes like i mean i had an afro then but i never came back with like a smokestack or anything like that i, sh- I should have <laughs> i wish i had for, I for really, the, really to confirm that's not. that's like a kid in play style haircut for <laughs> our listeners who might not know we, we're we're uh smokestacks planning for the <laughs> listeners yes we're 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 i mean we have a young audience who might not be familiar with that terminology you know we just have to we're also very popular in places like denmark and australia and you know what that means everyone knows kid and play as soon as you say that that's right kid kid and play to be fair is a universal theme i think that we all can we all can recognize (laughs) yeah you know i've actually never been to to beautiful salt lake but it seems 
really freaky but also beautiful is that fair to say it yeah yeah that's fair to say i mean as a kid it wasn't that weird because well you know people want to talk about whatever the bars and the drinking laws and those things but like that didn't matter as a kid and it was mm-hmm. actually my high school is really crazy there's like tons of drugs and drinking and like i think kids rebel a lot in places like that so it was a lot crazier i think than other places but mm-hmm. i mean when i go back now it just feels like a small town i was just there i did a book tour in june and went to Salt Lake, and it just felt the same as it did 20 years ago, which is funny. That's got to feel good coming back home for the book tour, right? Yeah, yeah. What kind of what kind of independent booksellers are we talking? Barnes and Noble? No, no, we're talking the King's English Super Indie. Oh, the King's, <laughs> the King's English is the name of the bookstore. That's that's yeah. very nice. That's King's sexy. English. Did you hit all? Did you hit all of the all of the countries? Because first of all, book tours. These aren't happening that much anymore. You I know, know, so I know. Viking must have shelled out the big bucks, or did you have to supplement this with some of that beggar's income? It was, it was kind of a combo of the two where, you know, yeah, a lot of people aren't doing it, especially with the pandemic. I really, really wanted to do it. I mean, this comes from being in bands for years. I mean, the, yeah. the publisher is like, you don't have to do this. You can do things virtually now. That's my publisher voice, I guess. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I know, bitch. I don't want to do you that. Virtually suck my dick from the back. <laughs> I was like, I have no, I don't want to do that at all. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can. Vir- I want to go places and see people and have drinks with them and have fun. I want to have a layover in Denver, motherfucker, and I'm going to get it. Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> that I think that I would obviously do it for the mileage. Uh, thanks to our friends at Delta. <laughs> right. But there's other reasons to do it. I, I you know, it, it sells books, I imagine. Exactly. But it's also just it's. I like going places and meeting people and it was, you know, it's fun. And, and also mm-hmm. to like reconnect. I used to live in Seattle for a long time, Salt Lake, like places mm-hmm. where I used to spend a lot of time. It's fun to go back there. It, it gives you a reason to do a thing that you already wanted to do. Totally. I'm glad you made it out of those tertiary markets. <laughs> <laughs> there's, 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 uh, three days in a row in September that's in Lawrence, Kansas, Iowa City and champagne illinois damn bro talk about some tersh bro some you're tersh. saying there's people you're saying there's people there that are gonna buy your we'll book we'll see <laughs> i mean this is funny this is turning into the thing now where these are like two of those are college things where it's like sort of you know speaking things with built-in audiences which will be interesting i gotta figure out what i'm gonna say people yeah people really want to learn from you you know what i mean <laughs> do. maybe you guys could just yeah maybe you guys could come we could just do this and then <laughs> do if it. you yeah if you want to open for us or something we could figure it out <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, can, you can it'll be like a little joke like we'll do the jokey stuff and you'll be like entrepreneurial swag like motivational right. speaking well i was just gonna bring my electronic drums and then we'll just oh now okay now we're talking that's that. a little yeah. easier load in okay load out. And i can kind of do some cutting and scratching over your you know improv <laughs> It's it's like jazz, kind of, you know. I would say that the best music is improvisational, you know. When you if you if you look back historically, but I mean the the book tour, the book tour, because we've we've had a handful of authors on that have done them, and then I think we told the story on the podcast before, but we were we were having dinner with Brett Easton Ellis, and he was talking about TV appearances Mm. and how he did Tucker Carlson. Whoa. and sold a shitload of books like a shitload a number wow. that would slap you in the face <laughs> nothing moves a needle like tucker wow. yeah, he's like they don't think like it's like a, it, he's like and i did bill maher and that sells some books but like but tucker was the one because people are locked into that garbage like they really like be, like they're like this is my source like our source is the internet right you know what i mean like we get everything from the right. internet and it's pretty insular it's basically like our friends their friends you know and and the circle right. continues our yeah internet. exactly yeah. our our shared internet i'm in the silo that was that just blew my fucking mind because i am a big legacy i'm always like tv matters radio still matters like all that shit matters right and like Mm -hmm. 
obviously most people uh, are not going to do Tucker Carlson for the obvious reasons. Right. But knowing that it actually works makes it both scarier and validates it <laughs> on some wild level. That's mm-hmm. why. Did he wear a bow tie? I wonder if that's why it sold a bunch of books. <laughs> if I were on Tucker Carlson, I would probably wear a bow tie. I think that would be, I think it would be really cool to go on Tucker Carlson and dress like him and just not, <laughs> not, not say anything about it. <laughs> oh, Tuck. This is just my everyday vibe. Yeah, I wear my vineyard vines every day. What of it, sir? Yeah, this, no, what do you mean, dude? I think we might have gone to high school together, Tuck. I don't know where you grew up. Yeah, Tuck was dressing like you back in the day, huh? Yeah, I, I, I'm sure I have some prom photos where I'm wearing a bow tie. Yeah, I could bring that. In. You can, you can, you can safely tweet Tucker Carlson stole my swag. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is that so? Are you doing any of the TV? Are you going on Watch What Happens Live with? There was some. Um, I did. Well, there, I did CBS Saturday morning, which was pretty intense because that's that's not live. Oh, wow, that's bro. Like that's, a, that's big league shit. Yeah, it was like a long, like, you know, like a 45-minute interview, and the interview was intense. It was me and the host seated, I would say, exactly six feet apart from each mm-hmm. other, facing each other, <laughs> you know, cameras mm-hmm. hiding everywhere, and like 45 minutes of like very intense questions. And that's what's, you know, my book is, I suppose, relatively serious, but... Mm-hmm. It's a lot more fun to be here talking shit than it is to <laughs> yes. be talking about all. I've done so many very serious interviews. <laughs> That's no, I can imagine that. And I, you know, CBS Saturday Morning is is also like a great music show that I think because of the time slot, people don't necessarily see it unless it's on YouTube or whatever. But I mean, right? Yeah, there's the classic Big Thief episode was a classic. Yep. It looked like they just rolled rolled out of the co op. You know what I mean? Right onto the sound stage, <laughs> so good. chewing yeah. on a carrot. Yeah, literally picked some dirt out of their hair and just broke into song and just absolutely killed it. Like I can I can't even imagine what the staff at CBS is like. A CBS president watching that, like, what in the flying foot? <laughs> Yeah, and that's like, what's so fun. That's this? my favorite thing about one of my favorite things about Big Thief. Like they just are who they are, and they roll up and they play, and like it's so it's so real and so great. It's gonna smell crazy in there, and that's okay. It's gonna smell crazy. They do not need a, sh- a room with a shower. It's gonna be totally fine. I was I was or you you were mentioning that because the sort of serious subject matter of your book, you know, growing up with a father who was a famous person that was also not in your life, and. You know, I'm. I, we have not read the book, but you know, we pretty much know what it's about. Okay. We weren't offered a copy. Just FYI, it's not personal. No one, no one offered <laughs> okay. a copy, and and we don't do that well on this show. So kind of the hardback is a little out of our price range. It's a, it's a lot to ask. <laughs> no, I mean it's a lot to ask that you read a book before a podcast. Is what I mean by that. No one agrees more than no I, one. we agree wholeheartedly, and we wish that some of our guests agreed <laughs> with that as well. The, we want the organic discovery of it to happen live on the show. We don't want it to come in with any preconceptions stuff but yeah because of that reason because of the serious subject matter of the book i'm sure you've had to do a lot of serious interviews podcasts with people that sort of i don't know like i i, I never like the vibe where the podcast host is sort of like trying to get a pound of flesh out of you you have to do the work of explaining your life story and then they just kind of go like right man that's so crazy <laughs> And now tell me more, you know, tell me. <laughs> That's really interesting. Do another 45 minutes about, you know, like the serious part of your yeah. life. And and then, and I feel like I asked for it because I wrote this book and put it out in the world. And so it is, it is, but I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I feel bad when, when you have like the serious podcast with the serious subject, you could see through the opportunistic nature of it. And just like, I'm just trying to get some sort of like, tear jerking clicks and ad sales out of this right 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 
You know, it was fun. I just did. Uh, it hasn't aired yet, but I did. Um, totally blanking, dude from Blink One Eighty Two. Travis Barker has a podcast now. Uh, no, 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 that would be great. You did Mark Hoppus. Is- <laughs> Mark Hoppus, which is really fun. I, mean, I didn't. I didn't know Hoppus. I didn't know Hoppus had a podcast. He does. These celebrities keep coming for our fucking job. Right? Bullshit. We're sick yeah, it's hard. Bro, you're already rich. Leave we us. We talked alone. about like we talked about like alt rock hits from from the '90s and 2000s. It was super fun. Very little about about the father stuff. Do you consider yourself an expert on that subject? That feels like a challenge, but I'm going to say yes. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say a challenge. I don't. I, I mean, I puffed my chest yeah, out. Just that's... it was a comf- comfortability yeah, thing. I'm pretty. Um, I'm talk your shit, Nabil. Talk your shit. Comfortable in that world. I mean, that's yeah. I, I, I graduated <laughs> from college in 1993. Immediately got a job at a record store and started playing in bands. And that's like, yeah, that's that's my zone. I think he might have your card on this one, Chris. Yeah, just because he's older. You know what I'm saying? It ain't that ain't it ain't nothing else, bro. <laughs> he just got more years in this shit. No, um, I, I read that you own that. I'm actually, I, I love Seattle. That I was being facetious. Like we actually, we did a show there, and it was one of the best of our tour. Oh, cool. Um, like last mm-hmm. last year, it was really great, and I've always liked it there. Um, and I, I'm not a vinyl guy because it's a waste of money and space. Uh, but I, I, just, I do. I think it's bad for the environment. That's just me personally. Yeah, yeah, Jason, it's more of a carbon footprint thing. Like the shipping from Jack White's house is like it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but uh but I, I saw that you owned that you co-owned a record store. Yeah, uh, which, Sonic and, Boom. And Sonic Boom, which I've been to and I'm, oh, cool. I'm familiar with. Um, and I just uh think that that is a um. Very interesting thing to do. Now, is this a path to money or is this purely a passion project? It was a passion project. I mean, my business partner and I, Jason, we were both 25 and working at Easy Street, another store in Seattle. And like, really mm. just were kind of like, let's open a record store and did it like, I think it cost $30,000. We put a lot of it on credit cards. Speaking of Easy Street, his mom. So 30 grand. <laughs> Jason, did, Jason, yeah. quickly, Jason, did you have 30 grand when you were 25 or even a credit card? No. <laughs> Of course not. <laughs> that's because, and that's why we're not CEOs, bro. That's why we don't have books. That's the difference. <laughs> Nowadays, 30 grand can't even buy you a goddamn Volkswagen Jetta. <laughs> it can't, can it? I mean, the all new Jetta is nice. Was there a lot of sweat equity that went into this? Did you have to kind of redo the floors yourself kind of shit? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was like a shitty, not shitty, but like, yeah, like a weird first floor of a house and kind of a residential building. Yeah, we had to build, we built all the racks from scratch. Like, yeah, we did everything on the cheap and with friends and, and for like the first two and a half years made no money. We're like splitting lunches and would sit there for hours and nobody would come in. But it was, those are also the funnest times by far. Of course. No, no, I mean, I, you said two and a half years. What happened at that point? We moved. We got the opportunity to move around the corner to a bigger space, like two blocks away. And that was like right in the center of the neighborhood. And then. And then people were like, wow, we always needed a record store here. And we were like, fuck <laughs> you, we've been around the corner, <laughs> asshole, for <laughs> like splitting Thai food lunches. <laughs> we've had these Temple of the Dog CDs on the shelf for months now. None of you people have done anything was, about it. I was literally I was literally about to ask. I was going to ask, how how many copies of Nevermind on vinyl did you sell to kind of upgrade to your own lunch? Because I feel like that has to <laughs> be the number one. This, this is like, to my own lunch. this is late 90s. So this is way more, this is like, Death Cab, Modest Mouse, Sleater Kenny. Like, this is Seattle indie rock days that we're talking okay, about. Now. I'm sorry. Okay. I was, I always go legacy with Seattle. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. that is, did you, now did you guys have a lot of fantastic in store performances? Yeah, tons. And that, I mean, that was a huge part of the thing. Death Cab played there a lot. I'm trying to think who else back then. I mean, Supergrass. I mean, 
God, I can't remember. <laughs> MIA did a, an in store there. I mean, oh, I would love to. I would love to see an MIA in store. What is that? Is that her with a tape deck? Like she can't bring the whole band out. I mean, it was probably just her and I don't West. Think she had a band then, right? I think it was. I think it was. Was it her and Diplo? It would have been. Yeah, right? probably the early days. Know. Her and Big Dippy on the ones and twos. I I think that I want to congratulate you on owning an independent business. I know that's very challenging. And I myself flirt with the idea of opening a, a magazine store because that's my passion. Yeah. But unfortunately, I'm over the age of 25. I know I don't look it. And I know now that there's not a lot of profit to be made, you know, and I think that <laughs> right. it's nice to be able to do It's like a nice part of your legacy to have done that because that's like some real mm-hmm. OG. Like I can touch that shit. Um, right. But once you know too much, you just can't take risks it's just you just know it's not going to work totally that only worked because we were because we were 25 and we were paying yeah. like 300 a month rent and had roommates and you know it was like post-college and and we just yeah. did it and it built it and got lucky and it did well and now we then we sold it several years later but who'd you sell it to to a customer who's, who still owns it who's great some of the same people work there it's turning 25 in september which is nuts damn that's actually real that's really sick though that you sold it to a customer and it's still yeah. open and thriving that's like very cool we're, we're glad somebody didn't turn into a subway sandwich shop or something which was totally possible yeah well i was gonna say at least you're not you know you didn't lose your ass in a restaurant you invested in a restaurant before i have how much did you how much did you lose <laughs> i'm trying to think there's one in new york that i lost like twenty thousand dollars on. okay yeah all of it and only ate there a couple of times it wasn't that great <laughs> which is probably why it didn't work <laughs> okay so you're saying you did the classic twenty thousand you, you did the classic twenty thousand dollar investment so you can have kind of an an owner vip table and then you only went to the restaurant twice All right so it was like ten thousand dollars a dinner if you do the math, right? <laughs> okay but, i know that four horsemen's still open <laughs> four, i wish it was four horsemen <laughs> i know that four horsemen is still open so i'm racking my brain trying to think about what what other restaurant it could be but i'll let you i'll let you keep that to yourself i don't want to okay. rag out any <laughs> independent chefs jason's a right, part of the right. food community in brooklyn and it could be thousands you know it really could i mean okay so you learned your lesson you got any other what's your portfolio looking like today (laughs) it's it's not there's not (laughs) i mean my wife is is in finance and she's just like super conservative super steady like okay no no bitcoin no no crypto she none of that smart she's she's not into it and i jason we should look into chicks that are in finance bro because we that's like what about how about chicks that spend finances that's more kind of our (laughs) Our, you know, that's a little more our our thing over here at How Long Gone. So it's a little. Right, uh, it right. sounds like you've chosen a better path. I, I mean, does she take care of the household accounting, or do you do you do that because she does it at work? You know what I mean. We kind of we kind of both do. That's nice. It, it's a combo. Yeah. You tag team the finances. You seem handy though. What do, what do you do? How do you how do you do with stuff around the house? You got some elbow grease. I'm I'm not that good. I like to paint because I painted houses in college for a summer and so that's my my weird thing my skill oh you're more of a trim guy or a roller guy you only choose one i'm a roller roller guy roller. <laughs> i like the big picture like you can change that shit in five minutes but then you have to spend two hours doing the you know there's a lot of psychology in there yeah is that like a life metaphor there's a lot of psychology in there you're saying that you like the the quick hit of seeing the change happen but then you know you're gonna have to spend two hours yeah. going around the corners i love the meticulous detail of trim work myself nabil after our college tour we should do some painting jobs together it sounds like. <laughs> be get a little extra spending little cash this summer <laughs> i want to talk to you about the touring business you know mm. Because we're obviously in that market, we're going to be announcing some shows soon. Um, oh, nice! I'm just hearing some. I'm hearing all kinds of different things, man. I'm hearing, you know, this guy ain't selling, this shit ain't selling. Right. Like, oh, but this is selling, you know. And I, I'm like, like I hear that the weekend didn't sell, but like it looks pretty good to me, right? Right. But then I see Phoebe Bridger sell out every show she's ever played, right? 
and I, I, I do you, do you think it's like a, a a difference in the kind of fan and like how dedicated they are, or do you think it's just people being pussies about COVID? <laughs> it's probably all of the above, right? I mean, there's so much going on. There's more than there ever yeah. has been because everything stopped for a while, so everyone's out there. So there's so much competition, so much happening every night. I mean, I hear. I mean, I, I recently learned the term drop count, which you probably know as touring performers, but that's, you know, whatever. If a show is sold out, there's a thousand tickets. Oh, okay. I haven't heard the term, but I know 700 people show up. So that's a 30% drop count, which, so I, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been to shows that are sold out that do not feel sold out. So as the performer, though, I'm like, if my check is clearing for sold out, I don't give a shit how many of you losers show up. Right. But you're going to sell a lot less merch. That's true. Which is that's how you true. make money. That's true. Yeah. Luckily, luckily, we do have a web shop. It's just at howlonggone.com. So if you don't catch us on the road, the merch is available 24 Sorry, what is that? Howlonggone.com? It's just like an internet web store for clothing. It's it's powered by our friends at Shopify. It's pretty straightforward. (laughs) 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 No. Uh, you got a no, bonus I, commercial on this episode. Yeah, no, we we everything's a commercial. No, but I think that's uh that's a fair I, I honestly I haven't I hadn't thought about the, the merch drop off part and that is gonna that would take you know, hit you below the belt. And the venue sells thirty percent less alcohol at the bar. But it right, but it is right, really right. interesting, like what I I'm the first thought is comparing it to restaurants that survived COVID and which ones didn't. Um, and there's, you know, a lot of it seems like luck of the draw, but with an artist, it really seems like, you know, is your fandom, mm-hmm. like how rabid is your fandom and are they going to your concert because they like your music or are they going to your concert because they need your music? Right. Have you created a, a social community that is so cool and fun that, you know, like, uh, like blade or like drain gang, like that, that whole world, like. I don't know if the music, when you see him perform live, I don't know if that's going to sound amazing, <laughs> but I think everyone wants to go there because you want to like see all the other freaks who are just like you and show off your outfits. Like, right, right. It's Burning more like man. a Comic-Con yeah. kind of vibe mm-hmm. than, no, than an actual, yeah. like, I want to go enjoy music, you know? Right. And I think that's where, that's kind of like the main difference is like, are you creating a a social experience instead of like, did you do a good job playing your music? Right. And I guess you have to be more of a super fan. You know, if a super fan would have gone to see their 10 favorite bands in a year, in a normal year, mm-hmm. but now 30 bands they love are touring this year, they're going to have to choose and they're not going to go to all of <laughs> Wow. It sounds nice to love 30 bands. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, that's true. And it also does, now festival festivals are starting to create like a little bit more bespoke lineups where they're taking 30 bands that sort of have nothing to do with each other and putting them all in the same lineup and suddenly you're like oh this is ama- I, this is the one show i need to go to all year right and that's it because if, if, if i'm gonna risk getting monkeypox, you know i'm just gonna do it and mm-hmm. get it done in one day versus over 30 yeah. shows for the yeah. whole calendar year i need to see if i would have gotten monkeypox with at phoebe bridgers and the rolling stones in hyde park i'm willing to die <laughs> you know what i mean that's fine like I, I, I mean it's an outdoor you can't get monkeypox outdoors right monkeypox is an indoor that's right good point good point thank you neville thank you i i, I, I didn't actually right. i don't know much about monkeypox. i unfortunately yeah, doesn't sound like it. But as as somebody who music is their drug, do, do you ever get exhausted of music? Oh, all the time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've been to plenty of shows, even if it's a band I love. Or it's like I just yeah can't watch this much, this loud. You know. Thank God you found podcasts, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah We're, exactly. It's nice. Podcasts <laughs> are my podcasts are my drug. Ex- my, exactly. My it's like you have a friend in your ear. I actually heard a, a Depeche Mode story uh, last night. Tell it. Let's hear it. 
a friend who's a big because I I interviewed Dave Gone for this stuff Whoa. and like a friend of mine was like bro I can't believe you met Dave he's my shit like this guy loves Depeche Mode I didn't really realize it he told me last night he was at uh, an unnamed uh, restaurant in downtown Manhattan that was very popular in the eighties in the Tribeca neighborhood <laughs> and he saw Dave Gone and was like freaking out didn't want to approach him took a sneaky photo he was as he was leaving Maitre D caught him. <laughs> made him delete the photo in front of her. And he was like, look, I'll delete the photo and I'll show you the empty folder, but I'm not going to show you other stuff in the deleted folder. Uh, (laughs) And she was like, she was like, all right, that's fine. You know, that, that, that's fine. And and so he, he didn't get his, he didn't get his blurry picture of Dave gone, but he did get that story, which I'm telling for him, obviously. But, and was Dave, was Dave even aware of any of this or this is all just the maitre d' and the Dave just strolled out in his St. Laurent heeled boots (laughs) right into the waiting escalade, I'm sure. And it was swept off to his apartment. Now I want to know what restaurant that is because that level of service and dedication to your Uh high end clientele, I feel like is something you you don't see too much nowadays, right? We should be going there it's a safe place for guys like us <laughs> safe place for guys like well, us. i went there yesterday for lunch so <laughs> i i it's funny that you say that i literally went there yesterday for lunch and had a had a great meal um they have yeah. a great what did you have what's the restaurant what's the restaurant they, uh, odeon i knew they it had was, a great uh, so yeah of course Goddess, yeah. no they had a great they have a great uh scrambled eggs jason you know they you know what they do jason that you might like they offer three different levels of scramble you know you want soft medium or hard almost like a almost like you're getting a steak cooked because i don't like my eggs too soft it tastes like baby food but won't every restaurant if you say like scrambled hard or scrambled soft won't they just yeah but i don't want i don't want to say it i want to be offered the choice right just like you don't want to say put away that camera don't take a photo of me you want to know that the restaurant's got your back exactly 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 this man brought it all the way back you know we talk about this a lot but Every restaurant now is just like a hamburger and French fries and a martini, and that's right, at the smashed like, burger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if Jason isn't going to like someone's Gma's house in the valley to have like noodles that light his ass on fire, he only <laughs> wants a smash burger and a martini. And Odeon arguably does that better than anybody, I would say. You know, right. like for the vibe, an espresso martini in an emergency only. And yeah. what is your what is your go-to Manhattan dinner if you're looking to flex? If you're taking, let's say you're trying to sign, we're already obviously we're already in the secretly family, so right, let's just I'm get aware, that out of the way. Let's just get that out of yeah. the way. But if you were trying to kind of lure us over to the beggars group, you know where would oh I like this role play? Where would you take us, and how much would you be willing to spend? I tend to go sort of like real fun old New York, not necessarily great, meaning like. Keen's, you know, Keen Steakhouse on like 30, 32nd, 33rd. Oh, yeah, this is smart. Like spots this is like that, great approach. Like, you know, kind of madman, kind of gross, kind of feels like you could still smoke there. There like we go. Real, real bar. All right, I'm ready to sign, Nabil. I'm ready to sign. I like, I like this impulse. Send over the deal memo. I like this impulse, but we're, you know, Jason and I are adults. We've seen it all. You know what I mean? We've been to, we've been to these places. We're not some guys from Wichita with a new album that you just have to have. So it's a little, you know, right. you, you have to think about all the factors out, are that are you guys, going are into you, this are meal. Are you vegans? Is that, is that an issue? No, we're not vegans, but we're picky. <laughs> no, I'm sober. I, I don't eat meat. Jason's an alcoholic who eats anything. So, you know, you know, you know. <laughs> right. 
I mean, there's a cheesecake factory in Times Square that's kind of got everything. All right, Nabil. Now we're cooking with grease, brother. Yeah, it's something for everyone. Don't try. It it. sounds like to me you're trying to sign Jason to a solo deal right in front of my fucking face. (laughs) I'm not. not, He's not ready for that (laughs) yet. He's not ready for that yet. (laughs) Frankly, I'm turned on by the audacity. (laughs) I love the idea of you taking some cool guy band to the cheesecake factory because you know they'll have more fun there than some like than Raul's. You know what I mean? I think that really Raul's though. Good call. I mean, look, if there's anything I would love to do in my life that I, I, because I I did work in the music business and it's the only thing that I romanticize and still want to do that I have, I'm not, I don't do professionally. What, what, getting taken out or taking people out? No, 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 no. Just, just being, I don't know. A&R isn't for me. You know, I just think it's, I I don't want to go to clubs. You know, I want people to send me the link and then me send some money over and we do this thing. You know what I mean? I don't want to, I'm not trying to. So you want to, you want to start not in the mailroom, but in the president's desk. I mean, I feel like I've earned it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you guys are hiring. I don't know if you guys are hiring, but it's, it's, you know, I think I could be kind of a closer, you know, like for example, you don't want to go to this dinner, but you're like, Chris, we need to sign this band take the green Amex right. over to over to Manhattan yeah. and make this thing happen. I'm that yeah, that's, show up and sprinkle some, sprinkle some vibes. Exactly. I'm like Rick Rubin <laughs> bring, at the board. Bring some energy. I'm like yeah. Rick Rubin at the board. I just kind of do my thing, you know, and nobody can really <laughs> right. explain it, but it just, it works. Right. You know? right. It just works. Yeah. Nabil, would you consider yourself to be a closer? <sighs> Maybe in and out of the boardroom, <laughs> in and out of the boardroom. <laughs> I mean, I, I've never called myself a closer, but I... I <laughs> That's smart. That's smart. I, I could be. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I, okay, I would okay. say you have to. I would to, say yes more than no. Yeah, I mean, based on what I... Okay. Based on the track record I've seen we'll of successful that. artists, and we've all had some flops, of course, but, you know, based on the based on the, the, the success, it seems like you must be a closer, or at least you have a team of shooters that you fan out, right. you know, it, it, to the Mercury Lounge when it's time to make it happen. <laughs> Mercury Lounge. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's a good question. Who uh, who were you unable to close on? And maybe it keeps it keeps oh, you up at night sometimes. That's interesting. I have to think about this. I Take mean, your time. I edit the show. Don't worry. Look, I know. Look, everybody wanted Claro, but that second record, you would have lost your ass on it. So you're good. You're better off. <laughs> I mean, a long, a long time ago, right when I started at 4AD in like 2009, we were trying to sign Beach House, and that Oof. didn't happen. Beach House signed us up, up, and I love that band and love those records and. Would have been cool to work with them. That was a big one. Okay. That, that was a big one. I, yeah. I never fully got that. Jason loves Beach House. Well, when Beach House was good, I mean, they're still pretty good. They're still good. But like when they were cooking, you know, it was a special thing. And and also I, they seem to have like a a second life or a bit of a resurgence on TikTok as well. Have you noticed that? Right. I think there is a TikTok thing happening. Oh, is that? Because they put out a new record too, didn't they? Yeah, they did. But I think it's an older song, like just how songs will sort of take off on TikTok for whatever reason. Right. That's the classic TikTok thing, It conveys a certain emotion the same way an animated GIF might. And you just load that in. Often it'll be slowed and throwed or sped up and and, uh, happy hardcore. Start dancing. But it's just like this perfect little, you know, there's a lot of ethereal moments in beach house songs or if you just snag a little eight second bit it can be quite cinematic if you want to use tiktok to make your life appear to be a movie i mean good is there another reason to use it i mean there's no, that's the only reason yeah I, and and that's why tiktok is popular you don't have to your life doesn't have to actually be a movie it can just i know like i know one. i'd love to hear uh nabil when you have to call some of your artists and tell them they have to kind of get on tiktok how do you word that exactly <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you happily pleasantly never had that okay call. so you have assistants <laughs> and stuff that, that no that his social media you have, manager you have a does full that. staff for that i'm sorry i didn't yeah. mean to disrespect your kind of level 
But I know sometimes <laughs> if it was somebody yeah. big, you know what I mean. If it, you got to call them yourself because they expect a relationship with you. You know, you're right. the guy that, who brought them in. You know what I mean? <laughs> that hasn't happened, and I hope it never happens. I don't think. I think you guys are probably in the clear, but I do feel like it's that that kind of like Beach House is a good example. I feel like this TikTok thing is happening to bands like that more than any kind of time period. Right. Like it happened to cults. It happened. I can mm-hmm. think of three or four like that era that it's happened to. Yeah. There's mm. a mountain goat song where thing happened with it. Damn, bro. What? Yeah. Yeah. Bro, British sea power is blowing up on TikTok right now. <laughs> British sea power. <laughs> sea power on TikTok. <laughs> I mean, look, anything could happen. Any, it, yeah. anything could happen, man. Anything could happen. But I, I do think that, that, I don't know if fans can tell when it's manufactured or not. Right. And supposedly they can, right? That's the whole thing is like, it has to be authentic. And well, supposedly real. COVID is real, but you know, I mean, I don't, <laughs> what are we supposed to, you know, <laughs> yeah. supposedly I heard on Tucker Carlson that maybe. It's, exactly. It's not. Yeah. 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 I've heard it's, yeah. I've heard it's touch and go. You know what I mean? If you dress like you shop at, if you work at Brooks brothers, I would believe you just off. Yeah. Real. I mean, <laughs> uh, apparently Kurt Cobain killed himself, you know, like there's a lot of lies that people believe out there. <laughs> Actually, that's a good question. As a Seattle head who was really there cooking yeah. it up at the time, who uh, who pulled the trigger? What are our thoughts on it? Let's get into it. Yeah, who did it? It's <laughs> a real conversation, right? I remember all the like. Maybe it wasn't. I remember at the time I was working at a temp agency. I was just out of college, and I had like a pretty shitty job, just like answering the phone and doing weird things. And I was driving. This is before cell phones. Mm-hmm. Came back to the office, walked in, and the secretary was like, not in tears, but like looked like she was in shock. And she was like, "Oh my god, did you hear?" Kurt Cobain just died, and we were like listening to the radio. This is like the olden days, this is right. like the twenties or something. Yeah, speaking like, of Mad Men, it's like when, uh, when JFK <laughs> yeah, got was, shot. You know, people are weeping in their front yards. You know, look, right, Jason. Right. They, they, I don't know if JFK's death was reported on KEXP, but we can, you know, we can do what we can. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it. It was like that for me when I was a kid in Orange County, California, you know, it, yeah. people would like gather in the school, wow, in the school quad and just like, you know, like people don't do that anymore, but like in the 90s, you know, a bunch of people wearing flannels would just like sit on the grass together mm-hmm. and and mourn, you know what I mean? Right. That's true. Wow. That's true. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it was a suicide, right? That's 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 what they say. I mean, look, I what do you think about Elliot Smith? I know less about that. I mean, it's a stabbing, right? Which is brutal. Jason Jason claims to have a connection to his murder. Oh, really? Was it? Well, I th- well right. there was a, there was a little bit of a moment for a while where <laughs> where my friends and I thought that a person, one of our friends at the time, may be considered a person of interest in his <laughs> loosely connected to the crime. Yeah, it was a perfect storm, you know. It was he was he was a fan, you know he was on drugs he was a fan you know it could have been easy to take it too far and also it's hard to stab yourself to death you know right that's the, I mean the, I I think yeah. Elliot Smith is I don't know it's so tough because I'm a Winehouse guy but Elliot Smith and Winehouse might be tied for the top of my two favorite oh deads. wow favorite dead Smith and Winehouse you like that sad that's sad shit McQueen as well of course early McQueen <laughs> yeah of course McQueen R.I.P. Talix a genius a genius yeah. the way they close draped you know how it is um, <laughs> it right. magic. yeah I think that I think Winehouse I don't know I'm a real Winehouse pilled like fully pilled like I'm, I'm concerned about this film they're making oh right they're making like a Winehouse dramatic you know film which I just feel like oh not a documentary but like a yeah. right, like, like a, a biopic oh wow 
Who's playing her? I don't think I don't think it's confirmed yet. It's like the Madonna thing where it's like you can't really win. Lady Gaga. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I wish Scarlett Johansson's doing it. Scarlett Johansson's doing all of it. Yeah, well, Scarlett Johansson can play British. <laughs> you know, I think that's reasonable. Yeah, yeah. Put a wig on her. I bet you. I bet you, Zan Hathaway would nail that role. <laughs> do, not, do not call, <laughs> call her Zan, Zan Hathaway. Hathaway. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> Fuck Anne Hathaway, bro. I, I mean, Anne Hathaway <laughs> is having a resurgence, but I'm not sure why. Is it because of that? Is it because of the, the Uber show? The WeWork thing? Was she in the WeWork thing? Yeah. I think it's because she's she's still keeping it tight and right and still an iconic, beautiful queen who happens to be quite annoying to most people. Has she been on the show? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. If she's listening now, if Zan Hathaway is listening now, <laughs> which I'm Zan, sure she is. Zan could, I mean, I feel like, look, we're, we're kind of inching up in the world, like, we had BJ Novak, you know, we had you, uh, so it's looking good this week, but <laughs> yeah, we've had, yeah, today Conan O'Brien and, uh, and I had the same guest on our show. Whoa. Like that's something, right? So I'm on Conan. Basically. Well, it wasn't not so much you, but there was another, but uh, another person, but you, you're a, you're an integ- integral part of that. Yeah. The B- sure. the BJ Conan episode and the BJ how long gone episode came out on the same day. I'm going to say we're going to out outpace conan and that that's no cap I, i'm not kidding oh yeah i think well i think we'll do better i mean obviously we won't but um yeah i think so for sure <laughs> what's what's the metric how do you how do you measure that i mean i'm sure there is some place great question will, right? yeah. well the, the problem Just is vibes. conan o'brien since he's been on tv for 30 years you know he could he could play a a burzum record or some <laughs> japanese noise he could shit into a bucket for an hour and a half and it'll get more downloads than us <laughs> i mean that that's, that's also how it goes Right. If one were to do that, well, now since you've had to do a lot of virtual podcast, press tour, book interviews, and all that stuff, Mm. do you have the? Have you been bitten by the pod bug? Do you feel like you want to put the cans on and make this an official thing? You're like, I can, I can do this. That's funny, right? I mean, everyone gets that. Of course, I've thought about it, but I don't want to actually do it. It feels like a lot of work, and I don't, I don't know what my what my thing is. That's right. But it it would be fun. Well, your thing is your thing is discovering. We don't we don't want discover yourself, find yourself. You know, use it as therapy. Right. Right. Talk about the old ball and chain. Mm -hmm. Talk about these damn neighborhood, (laughs) what you know, parking spots in Clinton Hills, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Right. The things we've just touched the surface on, but there's really you know we could go deep on parking and it seems inconsequential to the naked eye but what's up with you being on marin how's it going uh i have not had the invitation yet but i am anxiously awaiting it that'd be great you know that dork don't you i don't know <laughs> damn i figured <laughs> you could you could you put in a word if he's listening now jason sees him at ralph's i don't think he likes other podcasters unless we were 25 year old <laughs> chicks that paint you know but i mean you're, nip, you're nip, nipping at his heels yeah jason sees him at ralph's yeah, fresh fair you know doing his little thing but i i don't i we don't have any connection to him and he does give off an extremely do not approach me right. vibe yeah to be fair you might as well chris but you are, but you're, but you're a teddy bear at the end of the day. Once, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm roll over. Chris, if you, if you ran into him, what would you like? Would you go up to him and say something? Definitely not. I don't like him enough. <laughs> like I don't. I've never approached. I don't think I've ever approached anyone like that. Even people I like, it's tough to do that. Like when I saw Tom York at Gelson's, I was like, yeah, a lot of grocery shopping going on. It's L.A., bro. <laughs> Unless you have something yeah. that you've pre-rehearsed and orchestrated, like if I ever run into right, 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 Nas. I'm going to tell him this specific thing and he's going to be like, wow, Jason, 
Do you want to like get coffee sometime? Like you're, I think you're my new best friend. I can't wait to hear more about yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it has to be on that level versus just <laughs> otherwise you just have to say like, bro, big fan, right. keep it moving. Oh, you can't do like your music changed me. We, we, Jason and I saw Billy Joel blasting a cig outside of Jelena years ago. <laughs> And I was like, I wonder if Jason, Jason and I saw Billy Joel last in a cig outside. <laughs> That's right. Of These are the things that we say, all, and, and not Billy Joe from Green Day. Billy Joel. Yeah, an actual legend. An actual legend. Yeah. No, I would never expect Billy Joe to smoke. <laughs> Long Island Zone. Yeah, exactly. And I thought maybe because it was just the three of us, and Jason's quite tall, and and obviously Billy is not, mm-hmm. that maybe an organic conversation would be struck up. But he's too much of a seasoned pro to participate in any tit for tat with us. There was a small chance right. that at some point right. he would have been like, "What's up with you guys?" You know, and then we and then we become best <laughs> friends. But yeah, he he knows better. He's been bitten by that snake too many times. Because Jason's height, Jason's height does lead to unnecessary conversations. Really, like white people say, like, "Whoa, man, you're tall." They're like, "What, what happened?" Yeah, that's basically, basically it. That basically. Like, hey, you're weird looking. Let's uh, let's see where this goes, and it usually doesn't go anywhere, you know. They're uh, they're opening a Jelena in New York, by the way. Breaking. There goes the neighborhood. Which which part of Brooklyn is it? Which neighborhood in Brooklyn Heights is it going in? Nolita. Thank God. Yeah. I saw today actually. I don't know if you guys saw this that that uh, Elon's dad. Oh no. Said I'm not proud of my son, <laughs> and he needs to lose weight. Oh. <laughs> That's not that's not nice. <laughs> it is not nice. It is not nice. It's so good. <laughs> to it, it's so good to be like call your publicist and be like I need to make a statement on my son and then be like you <laughs> know what it, I'm not proud is. of him. <laughs> yeah. And he's fat. But also Nabil, put yourself in the shoes of Elon Musk's dad, you know? I do all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what must that feel like, you know? Like, really son of no a, like, hey, my son is the wealthiest person in the world. Well, he's the wealthiest person and, and maybe the most hated as well. one of top most hated. Him and him and Bezos are, are you know, neck and neck for most disliked. Not me. Everyone like me. <laughs> less money. Uh, Nabil, thank you for joining us on How Long Gone. Jason does have less money uh, than uh, Jeff Bezos and and Elon Musk. Uh, nice. I'm just wanting to clear that up. I know you were wondering. I know you were wondering. I was. Yeah, how these yeah. guys are doing. I know you're kind of wondering how these I guys mean, are doing. I mean, Jason can't even afford a webcam, apparently. So. <laughs> that's, no, that's right. Well, he, he actually can afford a webcam, but you kind of have to pay $20 an hour to see it. It's a different right. business model. Um, it's a different tier. Yeah. I don't give it away, sweetheart. Thanks for having me. It's been fun talking to you guys. Of course, My Life in the Sunshine uh, is in stores everywhere now. You can buy it from Jeff Bezos directly or at any of these independent bookstores in Lawrence, Kansas. <laughs> you know, uh, they're all they're all open for open for business. Uh-huh. th honestly, thank you for joining us. It was a blast. Uh, we're we're big fans of your work, and uh, congratulations on the book. Thank you. Hopefully, see you guys soon. 